Hey sister, what's up? Welcome back to the Sisters of Christ podcast. I am so grateful you guys are tuning in to the Racial Reconciliation series and listening to the episodes. It is early, early, early for me, so give me some grace this morning. I am so excited to share with you Faith Uricho's interview on valuing women of color in ministry. She's really going to invite us in to challenge our biases in this area. It's going to be an incredible interview. So Faith has been in ministry since she was 19 years old. She is the founder of the Honor Summit, which is a nonprofit organization that is driven to refresh and empower Christian women all around the world. She also is a co-pastor alongside her husband at the Presence Church, which is a new church plant in New Jersey. So I'm really pumped about this interview. It's going to unlock a lot of hearts and hopefully renew some minds. So get ready and let's listen in. Welcome to the Sisters of Christ podcast, where we are here to grow in faith, boldness, and love together. You're going to hear some incredible stories, testimonies, and wisdom from fellow sisters who have been transformed by their relationship and walk with Jesus. As you listen to the podcast, my hope for you is that you will be inspired and encouraged to walk boldly and confidently in God's calling for your life. I'm Jeanette Bordeaux, daughter of the Most High King and your host. And sister, I'm so grateful you're here. This isn't your average Christian women podcast. We're going to hit on some topics that you may have never talked about in a church setting before. We go deep and we get real, but all in love. So get ready and let's dive in. Yeah, I was looking at all the amazing things that you do with the Honor Summit and, you know, you help women, you know, become part of this redemption story. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, you know, of course I was super into that. And I, I would just love to get your viewpoint because as I was really thinking about that and like what that means and um, the ultimate redemption story with Jesus. And I was like, how is like, how does racial reconciliation be, how is it part of the story? Yes, I think that's a really great question. So, I mean, this is such a packed question, so I'm going to try my best. It's big. um, So, I think, you know, whether you are a man or a woman, white or a person of color, right, there's always going to be challenges that discourage you from fully taking on your role in God's redemption story, right? but obviously there's no secret that there are added challenges if you are a woman, right? Whether it be uh, theological arguments or church culture. Now, if you add to that the matter of race, um, I think you have a whole another layer of pains and insecurities, right? Um, it's the grace of God that's the great qualifier, meaning... No human in the history of humankind has been qualified to preach, teach, walk in authority, but we do so by the grace of God. That's the gospel. The gospel says, you know, that we're saved by grace and not, or saved by grace through faith, right? And not by works. Mm -hmm. Um, So the issue of sexism and racism, they stand in the way of that amazing truth um as a woman i've had 
churches and church leaders make me feel that I was disqualified from serving God. But as an Asian American woman, it's even more so. And I would say it's probably more subtle. It's deeper, right? Um, when you, I think something to challenge ourselves, especially if it's um, a white listener uh, to this podcast and conversation is, when you look at an Asian American woman, do you expect to be blessed? You know, do you expect her to have something to say? Do you expect her to be anointed, powerful? And I think right now in this context, it's easier not to think of that way because we're being very intentional, right? Um, but when you're not being intentional, I think there's a lot to be revealed there, right? Um, uh, I mean, I've been in ministry for 15 years, but... It's so interesting because this is actually the first time I've been invited by a white person to share a platform. You know, I've never been invited by a white pastor to minister in his or her congregation or an event. Um, I've been invited by Asians, Latinos, black people. But it's interesting because I've never been invited by white people. And it's not like I'm new to the ministry either. Um, and so, and it's, and it's also interesting because I have many white friends, you know, it's not that I don't, um, interact with white people. So I think it's a deeper, it's a subtle issue, you know, it's, um, that, that it, it, it ingrains in you the sense of inferiority that needs to be broken off in the name of Jesus, right? Um, I think that's where racial reconciliation is so important for women of color to truly walk fully in the role that God has for her in in his redemption story, um, because it's to help break her out of her inferiority complex so that she could truly walk in the reality of God's acceptance, worth, and, and call. Right. Um, to think that um, as an Asian, that I could stand in spiritual authority, um, not just amongst other Asians, but amongst all ethnicities was something that I had to intentionally break off myself. I remember um, uh, and not that long ago, but, you know, when I started this whole, you know, conference speaking situation, I remember one of my white friends. You know, she was just like, I want to attend your conferences, you know, send me your uh, sermon recordings. And I remember in the beginning, I felt almost kind of awkward. And I had to check myself, you know, why do I feel awkward about that? And I realized it was just kind of um, something was being flagged in my system, that there was something deep within me that had to be broken off the sense of um, that maybe as a woman of color, as an Asian American woman, that, you know, that lie that I don't matter, that my voice does not contribute to the entire kingdom of God, you know, as if there is like, you know, sections or something, you know, um, that my voice is not just relevant to the Asian American community, but to, but relevant to just God's kingdom in general. You know, um, so I do believe that racial reconciliation has a huge role to play 
in allowing um, minority women to walk in the fullness of God has called for her. Wow. Yeah. That was so amazing. No, so beautiful. And uh, yeah, I just thank you. I'm so honored that like I that like, I get to have you on this podcast. I'm like, yes, but I'm also like, you know, hearing this and the more I do these interviews, like my heart just grows sadder. Like I just get more and more sad because I see a different reality and a different experience. Um so it really is really sad to me. Um, but God, I do believe God is working in this and he's working in a lot of people. And I, I believe that this will change. Um, and Absolutely. Yeah, one thing you said that really hit me was um, when I look at like an Asian American woman, am I expecting to be blessed by her? And I was like, what? Because... <laughs> I feel like a lot of conversations that I've been having is, um, you know, taking the viewpoint of our sisters and brothers and seeing them as that and seeing them as, um, you know, the church and also family. And what does that look like? How would you treat family? But I feel like what you said takes it to a whole like another level. Yes. Yes, for sure. I mean, I think one of the, stereotype, especially for Asian American women, is that she is demure. Like I said, I, I, I've linked arms with a lot of my white friends. I'm, I'm, I am definitely, you know, um, involved in community and, and in society. But, you know, when it comes to sharing a platform, you know, um, aside from you know, having me talk about women's issue or even race issues, would you invite me to speak about gospel, you know, about the gospel? Would you invite me to come in and, and prophesy and preach? And you know what I mean? It's like, um, I think now one of the beauties of today is that, yeah, we are, we are inviting everyone to the table to talk about race, right? And, you know, I mean, in recent years, yeah, I've been invited to the table to talk about uh, just being a woman and sexism, especially in the church. So those are all beautiful things, and we are all learning. But, you know, would a white person from a white congregation invite me to speak about the gospel, you know, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit? You know, and I think that's, you know, something to really challenge the church about, you know, it's why is that? Is it because, you know, we know less? Is it because, you know, we're less anointed? I think it's an expectation thing. You know, you just kind of, um, it's just easy to overlook um, uh, women of color. And, you know, it's just like an innate stereotype that we got to just challenge ourselves in. Wow. Yeah. You hit on such a good point. Oh my gosh. It's like, you know, do you see me as someone who can just speak about these issues because of like my ethnicity and my skin color or like seeing my, like you said, like I feel like fullness of God, but also like true value in like the kingdom also. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. It's like, you know, uh, 
obviously as an Asian woman, Asian American woman and, you know, being a leader. Yeah. It's like, I know I have value when it comes to, um, you know, women's ministry or talking about race, but I think you said it so well. Do am I considered considered valuable for the kingdom of God? <laughs> you know, um, it's so funny because when I went went into uh, women's ministry, I had zero intention of going into women's ministry. You know, the honor summit was something that was birthed um, between me and the Lord. Like I just went into a season of fasting, and God has led me to do it. But for so many years as a female pastor, I didn't really want to do women's ministry because I just felt like, you know what? I accepted my call as a minister to talk about Jesus, not about women's rights to talk about Jesus. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, but I think in that same vein, you know, um, I could say the same thing about being an Asian American woman, you know, like. I mean, I went into this to talk about the gospel, right? <laughs> to talk about, you know, how the Lord heals you inside and out. I mean, spiritual warfare, so on and so forth. But, you know, I mean, as I said, like, we're all learning. And this is a beautiful season because now the, the table is open and everyone's invited to discuss these really important issues. But I think we know that healing has happened or is happening when we are allowed to also talk about the kingdom of God. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. that's so crucial and something, yeah, I've never, I never thought of, like, that's so, you know, I'm not, I haven't been in ministry that long, so I haven't had these, like, same experiences, and, and one thing you mentioned, too, is just, like, the sexism um, that often happens, and you said that, I would love to just hear about um, yeah, like maybe some of those experiences that you've had, if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been very blessed. Um, and I think the reason why I am who I am today is because I grew up with, um, mentors and a spiritual father that, um, never treated me like I was less anointed than men. Mm. Um, and I am fully aware that that's not the reality that a lot of women experience, you know, um, there's so many arguments about whether women are allowed to lead, whether women are allowed to preach, whether women, you know, um, I mean, I've been to three different seminaries, right? mm -hmm. um, and that was just by mistake because I kept moving and. I kept having babies, and it's just, it, was a, it was a mess. So I went to a lot of seminaries, and each seminary I went to, um, I had to write and research for a paper about, do women have the right to preach? Do the women have the right to teach? You know? And so it's, um, you know, I remember one of my friends jokingly, you know, he made a mention. He was like, just let the women serve already. Like, why are we spending so many hours yeah. arguing about whether women can serve in the kingdom of God, right? Um, and so, yeah, which I thought was so funny. I'm like, we could do so much kingdom work if we just stop arguing about whether women are allowed to serve, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. And so, yeah, that, I mean, so as a woman in ministry, 
you know, but I mean, if I wanted to go into a field where it, I'm given uh, power or entitlement to, you know, like fame or whatnot, like, you know, I would have done anything other than ministry, right? <laughs> you know, what? Right, a woman who goes into ministry is because she loves her God, and she wants to love people, and she, you know, she wants to um, just be a part of what her father is up to, right? Um, and I think it's a challenge when, as you're trying to do that, you're constantly being told um, God doesn't want that, or that's not biblical, you know. And so, yeah, I think that is definitely. Um, another layer of the battle for Asian Americans. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. I mean, I could go on on <laughs> like a whole tangent on that, to be honest. Because I think yeah. I'm just like, ugh, the, the amount of time we spend arguing certain doctrine, it just kind of almost frustrates me. And because I feel the same way where I'm like, like, can we just move on? <laughs> like, worship Jesus. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. <laughs> um, but yes. Okay, but I definitely, yeah, I'm super, I almost want to have another conversation all around that, um, yeah, because I've definitely had, I remember, um, so I, at one, once upon a time, um, started, you know, seminary also, but, you know, things in my life were different, and I ended up not, like, finishing it, um, but, and I remember we talked about, you know, second, I think it's second Timothy, right. Where it talks about women are um, supposed to pray in the church. And I remember, you know, that was our reading for the, the week. And I was like, yeah. I know we're kind of going off, but, and I would just remember being, <laughs> I didn't know what I knew know now, obviously, but I just remember, and I always laugh at this when I think back to it, I was talking to, you know, a leader, he's like been a pastor for like 10 years. And I'm just like, you can just throw that book away. <laughs> and he's so gracious and kind, like, thankfully, because I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Um. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting feeling when you're sitting in classrooms and people have to debate over that. You know what I mean? And, um, and you're writing essays to defend that. You know, that's the blatant question every seminarian probably has to write an essay for. Mm. Do women have the right to preach in the church? You know, um, I thought that was interesting because, you know, the glass ceiling for women is being broken in every sphere mm -hmm. except for the church, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, women could be CEOs, women are being prime ministers, you know, like we could be entrepreneurs, but it's in the church that, you know, they're being told, oh, but you can't preach, Yeah. you know? Uh, and so I think that's very interesting, you know, and um, that is definitely another realm of conversation for sure yeah I just yeah we'll definitely have to hit on that. <laughs> uh, another another podcast interview <laughs> yeah uh, I'm down um okay so yeah I want to definitely talk about um yeah in your in the community of women that you're you know serving and through the honor summit and different communities what are the types of conversations that yeah, I've been happening like during this time where, you know, where there's kind of like this global reconciliation, as I've described it, um, is kind of happening. Like what types of things are coming up in your conversations? Right. Um, 
Summit community generally comprises of women of all generations and color. Um, mm. However, uh, we do have a strong reach for Asian Americans. Um, so when it comes to racial reconciliation, um, it's funny because we haven't addressed it much in the past mm -hmm. because a lot of the battle was, you know, internal issues within Asian American culture um, and Asian American churches. Um, you know, Korean American churches do address the issues of Korean American culture a lot, actually, um, and on the pulpit. Uh, so it's interesting because this is kind of the first season where I am seeing the Asian American church really challenged to address our relations with white and black people and Latino people and whatnot. As in, this is the first time I am seeing, um, at least in my time, you know, my adult time, right, um, where I'm seeing the Asian American Christian community look outward and not inward. Because I think it's just very, uh, it's a cultural issue and just something that we've learned over time is just to mind your own business, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to, you know, to stay in your corner, stay in your lane, mind your own business, blend well. So a lot of the hot topics was actually internal topics. Um, so this is the first time where we're challenged to look externally. You know, what about our relationship with the black church? What about our relationship with the white church? You know, and I think some of the um, themes that keep coming up is Asian American women, especially, um, it's time to just rise up. Your voice matters. You know, your opinion matters. Your thoughts matter. You know, society doesn't want you to just behave well. You know, it's not just about blending in. I know that's uh, ingrained into our culture and it's innate within us to just try to blend in. But the Lord gave us a voice, a particular perspective um, that is important to contribute to this narrative a narrative of racial, racial reconciliation, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think those are some of the things that are being brought up. It's like it's time to come out of our corner. It's time to uh, look up and look around and speak up and yeah, just rise up. Oh, I love this. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is so good. Um, and so important. I also think about like the word that came to mind whenever you were sharing was flourish and, um, mm. Yeah, I just see it. I just kind of see like every you know different race or ethnicity, and it's kind of like let's all just. I feel like when we come together, we create uh, places for flourishing and really like empowering and supporting each other and seeing each other's full value. And that's kind of like what like you're talking about earlier, like breaking off. Like I feel like that's kind of what's happening right now is everyone's just breaking off these crazy evil ideals that people have placed on yeah. each other. Um, people have placed, you know, the way, this is the way of doing things kind of mentality. Like all of that's just being broken off to, yeah, just like experience like real true love 
for each other and what it really means to like love thy neighbor. And I don't think, I don't think loving thy neighbor is just treating them well. I think loving thy neighbor is caring for, um, the person if they're in distress. And one example, I'm doing this Erebon, um, five week, um, course or six week course with my church on, um, race class in the kingdom. And that's why I'm probably so fired up this morning. Cause it was last night. <laughs> um, always, it's so hard for me to go to sleep after those. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, but one of the things I wrote down, um, one of the, cause we break out in small groups and she was saying, you know, if one part of our body feels pain, we should be doing everything, you know, we would be doing everything in our power to make sure that body part of ours is healed. We'd be advocating for them, you know, if, especially if it's on fire. And I was just like, and that just really just resonated with me so much when she said that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. And I think what's special about this season is just knowing now that there are parts of the body that are in pain, right? I think that that was the challenge before, um, you know, before everything sort of blew up, right? You know, it's uh, it was the challenge was just simply um, not knowing that we are disregarding other ethnicities, not knowing that we're um, being racist or, you know, um, having deeply ingrained prejudices in our hearts, right? So I think that's one of the beautiful things about this season is just now realizing, oh, wow, this part of the body has been in pain, you know, or we have been walking with a limp without realizing it. so yeah, I think there's a lot of, although it's a, it's a painful season, um, it's a beautiful one. So I do appreciate what God is doing at this time. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And so how, when I think about, you know, if our, if my body part is on fire or li- I like what you said, walking with the limp, we're just starting to realize that I was like, yes. Um, how do we start to reconcile that part of the body? I think just even what we're doing, you know, right now, just having the opportunity to listen to one another. You know, um, when I did the panel um, for the Honor Summit with, um, it was with two black women and a white woman and myself, even for me as a woman of color, I learned about the black narrative, you know? Um, and I just thought that was so special that, you know, you would think that because I'm a woman of color that I would understand the narrative fully, but, you know, just to sit down and to listen to one another, hear each other's stories, I think that is just a whole nother realm of healing. Healing is not possible unless we have understanding, right? Um, And reconciliation is not possible unless there's interaction. And just the fact that, you know, you yourself have opened up a space for other narratives to be heard, I feel like that's going to be really important for the body of Christ, 
you know, it's, I mean, I'm a, um, I'm a missionary at heart. I've been doing missions since I was young. Um, and so traveling the world, hearing worship songs in other languages, that's something I've had the honor to grow up with. And I have come to learn as I have seen the gospel uh, manifest itself in different cultures and different nations that you cannot get a full picture of the gospel unless you hear it from people that are other than you, you know, um, as in the gospel has a different flavor and color from, you know, a native American, from an Indonesian, from a, a white person in America, from a European, you know, like it's, the, the gospel is so colorful and the heart of God can be felt in such different ways in different countries and different colors of people and languages. So I feel like if anybody is hungry to know God, right, hungry to understand the gospel, then you would want to hear from Christians of other colors, of other cultural ethnic, like cultural backgrounds and racial backgrounds, you would want to. If you're hungry for the kingdom, you would want to break down the barriers of your church's demographic, right? And um, and listen to a sermon from an African. You know, listen to a sermon from uh, a Korean. Right, because it really it hits different. You know, it really does. Um, the way they feel and experience Jesus, it's just different. You know, and if you want all of God, you want to hear it from all kinds of people. So yeah, that's that's my take on that. <laughs> Amen. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm so obsessed. Yes. 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 Um. <laughs> That's, what, that's like my mind <laughs> the whole time you're talking. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, you're 100% right. And I, I guess the question, my next question is really, you know, inviting people to the table and having the conversations. I'm curious, I, I just would love to get your take on um, for women who, you know, black women, Asian American women who, like we kind of talked about earlier, have felt that inferior. Um, yes. Because of the way, obviously, you know, white supremacy is a thing. Um, mm -hmm. And so that inferiority, how do we start? It's like we, we start to reconcile with our communities and we start to build these conversations. But how do we almost reconcile, I guess, or break off those inferiority um like a, these kind of a, a attachment ideas that we've had about that we're inferior because of the way people have treated us and different ways like that. Um, that's a good question. I, I mean, if I'm hearing this right, I think you're asking like, you know, how do we help um, people of color break out of it? Is that the question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. I think... You know, um, I would say expectation, inclusion, providing opportunities. You know, these, like I said before, these are all subtle things, you know, that are 
deeply ingrained um, in our culture that it won't be broken off unless it's intentional, right? I remember, um, so one of my first experiences in the church, um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so I became a Christian uh, probably around like seventh grade or so. Um, and so what my first church that I attended was actually a mega church. Um, and it was predominantly with white people. Um, and I remember, um, so I mean, it's a mega church. So the senior pastor is a very, very big deal. Right. Uh, and I remember there was a day, uh, it was a Sunday where, um, there was, the topic was racial reconciliation. It was about justice. And I remember as a seventh grader, I left the service feeling kind of terrible because he never mentioned Asians, actually. Um, he talked about racism as something only between whites and blacks, right? And obviously, we know the significance of that, even more so today, thankfully. And that is definitely a narrative in and of itself that we need to honor and understand, you know, the... The, the issue between whites and blacks. Um, but it's almost as if Asians didn't exist. And I think that was why I was so hurt when I was in seventh grade. You know, like, because um, it wasn't, I think if the topic was about, oh, the history between white and black people, then amen, hallelujah. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that would have been totally understandable. But it was about racism and the issue of racism, you know, um, and the pain of racism. And um, he only talked about whites and blacks. And I remember as an Asian thinking, do I not matter? Like, do, you know, and I was only in seventh grade, but I remember coming out of it feeling kind of achy, kind of um, really dismissed. So I think the healing is just, it starts with just the acknowledgement. Do you see them? Do you, you know, because like I said, Asians are really good at blending in. I guarantee you, if you have a token Asian in a group of white people, that Asian will probably like dress and sound like a white person. If you have an Asian in a, a group of black people, I'm pretty sure that Asian will dress and sound like a black person, you know? And so Asians, just by culture, are just very good at, at blending in wherever they are. And I feel like part of the pain, you know, in that, as a byproduct, is just simply... Um, are we seen? Are we acknowledged? So I think just starting with that acknowledgement, you know, um, is huge. I, I remember that senior pastor, the only time I heard him reference Asians in general, and it wasn't even during that racial reconciliation service, um, it was when he talked about kimchi. Kimchi is a Korean side yeah, dish, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and he mentioned it, and he referred to it as cabbage dipped in battery juice. Like, that's how much I remember that moment. You know, like, I was probably, what, sixth grade at that time? Uh, and to hear your senior pastor refer to your, you know, um, your one of your main side dishes as that, and then hearing thousands of people laugh. I remember immediately feeling so embarrassed, right? Mm. Like, and I was a child, and this was my first pastor, right? And that's like the only, I mean, you could say so much about Korean American culture, 
contribute to the kingdom of God. You could talk about their prayer culture. You could talk about their, you know, missions programs. I mean, there's so much that Asians excel at globally for the kingdom of God. But the only reference I've ever heard on a large stage as a child was how our side dish was cabbage dipped in battery juice, you know? And so I think, yeah, just, um, I think healing begins with just acknowledgement. I like just to say, I see you, right? You know, isn't that what Jesus did for the Samaritan woman? You know, he, he took a, he took a moment, intentional moment to, to address her to the point where she said, you're a Jew and I'm a Gentile, you know, like, but she was, she was shocked. Like, well, you see me, <laughs> you know, you, are you really talking to me? Are you acknowledging me? You know, but Jesus in that moment, he, it said that he had to go to Samaria, you know, it says in John four, right? He, he, he made it intentional. Do we, as a church, do we say we have to go to Samaria? We have to make it intentional to break down barriers, to cross boundaries, you know, and say, I see you. And I guarantee you, if you do that, whatever person of color may respond with something similar, like you're, I'm a, you're a Jew and I'm a Gentile, you know, you're a white person. I'm an, I'm an Asian person. I'm a black person. And you really want me to, you know, share this, or you really want to hear this. I mean, so there will be that, but I think, you know, the point of it is kingdom. Right. Jesus did that, you know, for kingdom. You know, I think it's so beautiful because right before, right, that Samaritan woman passage, Jesus talks about the bride and the bridegroom and the joy that the bridegroom has, you know, for the bride and things like that. Um, and it's so funny because the story right after that is Jesus intentionally going to the Samaritan woman. You know, he talked to a woman, right? Mm. He, he talked to somebody that wasn't in his, you know, uh, part of his ethnic background and things like that. You know, he, he intentionally did that to demonstrate the gospel. That simple, intentional acknowledgement, I think, is huge for healing. Wow. Yeah. 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 I'm like taking yeah. notes too. So. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I learned a lot during these uh, conversations. They're really helpful. Um, yeah, and I feel like what you know, everything you just said was so amazing, and it's also see like when you're describing um, your experience at church, it's kind of it's seeing and treating people beyond like whatever bias like you have. And, yeah. and seeing them for, like you said, am I, am I, am I seeing this person as like, they're going to bless, like, am I expected to be blessed by this person or am I just using some really shallow, like, exa- like a bias example of some version of like what I've seen. And, and, and I also think honestly, it's like, um, I just think about what it says in the Bible. I can't think of the specific um, uh, passage right now or the verse, but it is basically like, are you, but when I think about, I'm like, are you, are your words building the church up or are they tearing it down? Yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That's amazing. And I guess, like, what, I mean, this is so beautiful, and I'm so grateful um, for everything that you've shared. Seriously, it's, I've learned, I learned so much. Um, And so I guess what, really two things. I I don't know, um, you know, when we're talking about the Samaritan woman and thinking about the different women who are going to listen to this, I think, how can women be encouraged in this time that feels honestly, you know, even in this time, yes. Right. I think it's important. There's so much going on. Literally there's COVID there's um, this entire global reconciliation that's happening where we're all taking deeper dives with ourselves, with the Lord. Um, but there's also, you know, I'm just thinking even beyond this, like the time, like we were talking earlier about the different experiences they've had in the church, you know, the, whether they, you know, how to write pages of why they should be allowed to preach. Like, what are your words of encouragement for women, even in this time? But when I say that, I kind of think just in general of how do you encourage them and empower them to live out that fullness of God? Yeah, that's a that's a packed question. Yeah, <laughs> these are really <laughs> big questions. <laughs> these are deep, deep questions. Um, I would say, I mean, just overall, I mean, my goodness, twenty twenty has been painful for so many. It's been a crushing year, an unraveling year. Um, and let's just be real. I mean, if we're talking about women that needs to feel empowered, needs to feel like they've got this. You know, I mean, women, when we say women, that could be a, that's a huge umbrella. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this could be a mother. This could be a church leader. This could be, you know, an entrepreneur. Or not even, even just a, a student. You know, that's a huge life in itself. Um, so as in, you're probably carrying a lot, especially this year. There are bills to pay, there's a ministry to run, and yet at the same time, you're trying to stay hydrated, you're trying to, you're just trying to pray, like you're trying to, you know, this is a lot of things you gotta cover, right? And I think my encouragement, um, is that it's okay to be weak that it's actually when you're weak that you're powerful, um, right? Isn't that what it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 10? Uh, we delight in our weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, I think it's when we try to be powerful, that's when we start to experience that pain of striving that's when we experience that burden, that weight of trying to be something, you know, and the Lord does not want you to be something. All you're required to do is be his, right? Um, my peace is in knowing full well that none of my weaknesses or my flaws stop stops God from being with me or even using me. I don't need to try to be powerful because the one who's in me is powerful. You know, I don't need 
you know, and this is for, you know, people of color too. You don't need to wait for others to acknowledge the call and the anointing over your life. You know, I'd rather be acknowledged by God and heaven, right, than by man. Everything we need is in him. It's in his presence, in his words. It's in his being. So it's absolutely okay if you are nothing or feel like nothing. You know, um, my encouragement is don't wait for people to acknowledge the gold in your life because it's God that sees you. And so we have every permission to be free in the full acceptance of God. And yeah, even though 2020 may have crushed us in a lot of ways, we still have a lot of 2020 left to crush. <laughs> so yeah, that would be my encouragement. Amen. Um, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and, and I, again, I was taking notes. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to hear this. Um, so yeah. thank you so much. And I, if I can, I totally understand if this is a, a longer topic, but it just feels really burning on my heart. Um, of, mm. you know, and then we'll finish. And so I promise this is the last one. <laughs> I've got you here no for problem. like a 50 minutes. <laughs> um, but even the woman, you know, who, like, I just keep thinking about um, what we were talking about earlier about, you know, really having to defend. Um, I feel like when we're, when we're talking about, um, like, if women are allowed to speak in the church and often that struggle, it's, you know, they can be internally. And I feel like the words you were just saying are so beautiful. You're like, you know, you don't need someone to acknowledge that. But I feel like that struggle of like, oh, can I really speak up in ministry? You know, so many people are against me. I feel like there's an extra component there uh, because it, you know, they, people argue that it's biblical. There's like this mm, biblical yes. challenge. You could, if you yeah. could speak to that in 10 minutes, I don't know. <laughs> if not, we'll yeah. do an episode. <laughs> I mean, what a packed topic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. Where do I begin? Um, you know, it's, there's a word um, in Genesis where, you know, um, women, it says that the woman was created as a helper for Adam. Um, and I think a lot of times that has been used to kind of put women in their place, basically. Um, and to that, I say, um, that's actually supposed, that word, that word helper, the other time that it was used in the Old Testament, it was actually used to describe the Holy Spirit. You know, it was used to describe God as the helper of Israel. You know, um, so as in to say, yeah, the it, you know the word is helper, and I believe women should never try to be like men. You know, as in, 
you know, the goal isn't to be like a man. The goal is to be like a woman, the, the way the Lord has designed her fully. Um, but in order to do that, you know, we need to also embrace the fact that it didn't mean that she was created to be the weaker, the, the secretary, the, you know, the, not that secretaries are weak in no way, um, but as in to say, you know, I think that's the presumption, you know, um, oh, like you're the helper of man, you know, you came second, you, um, you're, you were an afterthought, right? Um, and I think that's, that's the area of discouragement. And you know what, you know, I've had men tell me straight up, like, um, oh, sin happened because of Eve, everything, and that's why she's cursed, you know, and things like that. I mean, people can use the Bible in such a way where it's, it becomes a weapon for, you know, sexist agendas, you know, um, and I think that's where it hurts for women, um, because that's not our experience with the Father. When we're with the Father, you know, we feel loved and empowered, but in the church, people use theology to bring her down, you know, and to silence her. There, you know, people can't say that God is not pleased with women in leadership, because then what about Deborah? <laughs> you know? Um, and the same thing with immigrants. People can't say that, um, like, that immigrants are less than, because what about Ruth? <laughs> you know? I mean, and people can't say that women cannot teach. What about Priscilla? People can't say that women cannot prophesy because what about John's daughters? You know, I think because the Bible was written in a patriarchal time. Yeah, there are definitely more men that are named, but the women were there. And the way Jesus, you know, what ran his ministry, he, his life was actually managed by women. You know, And I say managed, you know, um, and I don't mean like as in they lorded over him, as in to say, you know, they took care of him. You know, they 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 stewarded his ministry. They financed him. You know, they um, wherever he went, they made sure that he was fed, that he had a place to stay. They, you know, um, he incorporated women in such a way that was just antithetical to culture, you know, like, um, it was, he just went against the grain, you know, um, I mean, even like in our reference to John 4, Jesus took time for a woman, you know, what about that time when he was, um, in the Pharisee's home and that, um, that woman came and, and washed his feet with her tears and poured perfume over him. You know, that offended the sensibilities of the men in there. But Jesus never hesitated to allow women to draw close. You know, he never hesitated to involve women in his ministry. He taught women. You know, so as in to say, uh, women are included. You know, and never in scripture, you know, um, did it imply that women are less than, less valuable. You know, I think, I remember once um, I was at church, um, and this is when I was in college, my small group leader, jokingly, you know, we were kind of uh, bantering, right? And he jokingly 
recited Proverbs 31 kind of like as an insult to put me in my place. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't aggressive or anything. It was that, you know, we were having fun. But I thought that was ironic. I thought that was interesting. Because for him to do that implied that he thought that the Proverbs 31 woman was just this, you know, submissive, um, domestic woman that was just very homey, you know, that all she did was cook and clean. Um, it's actually not the case. If you really read Proverbs 31, she was a manager. Like, she was a boss lady. You know, she was, she was strong. She was confident. She was a steward. She was a blessing. You know, so I just thought that was interesting. You know, we can't keep reading the Bible with our cultural bias. You know, just because we're meant to um, serve, and when I say serve differently, I don't mean serve less than. It's, you know, I'm not saying that we're not allowed to do what men can do, but as in to say, you know, we're just designed different. Ladies, like, we just can't try to be like men. We're just supposed to be like women, you know, which is a beautiful God just created us with a different design, you know. Um, I think that's just something to be embraced because different doesn't mean less than. Um, it's just different, right? And, um, and I think once we embrace that, that's when women could be the most powerful version of themselves. When I went into the ministry in the beginning, you know, honestly, I tried to lead like a man, <laughs> and that didn't work out too well. You know, I realized I'm not good at doing that, and it's not received well either, you know. Um, but when I lead like a woman, now that's, that's powerful, and we are meant to be powerful. If God is our Father, we are meant to be powerful. For us to feel like we're inferior in the church, that is not biblical. Not, not even in the least bit, you know, because if God is our father, how can the father produce weak humans? You know what I mean? Like, it's you could judge a product by its creator, right? And if our creator is God, if that's our father, then being powerful, anointed, that's in our DNA just as much as it is in a man. You know, but I think because of culture and a lot of the things in the world that put us down, I mean, it's easy to feel like that's not what God is pleased by, but actually he is pleased when we are strong. He is pleased when we are flourishing and thriving. He is pleased when we speak up. And I think capturing the Father's heart is really key for women in the church to be healed. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh. Wow. I was I was trying not to, you know, hand clap snap um, during all that. It was so beautiful. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. That was so amazing and thank you so much and yeah we have to do another podcast episode <laughs> there's no way yes. i'm like i want to hear all your thoughts about leadership but i've literally kept you here for an hour so i will not do that 
<laughs> and yeah, I'm just so grateful for, thank you so much for that coming on and just sharing your heart and sharing your testimony and sharing so many beautiful things about the Lord and yeah, just sharing your heart with us. Like I learned so much from you and I just appreciate you teaching, allowing, being yourself, make yourself available to teach. Thank you so much. It was truly an honor. And like I said, this is special for me because you're the first white person to do this <laughs> in my life. I've been in ministry for 15 years. You know, so I thought that was so, it was so significant. You know, and I think this in itself, aside from even just the content, right? This in itself is a sign and wonder for the church. You know, us linking arms and just having this open discussion. So I appreciate it. And I feel so honored to have been able to do it with you. Wow. Thank you so much. Praise God. Like I, I am so like honored. <laughs> I can't, I can't express that enough, but yeah, thank you. Let's just pray really quick. Um, yeah. Cause you're amazing. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jesus <laughs> for faith. God, we, I am so blessed by her. I just know that so many people that are going to listen to this are going to be so blessed by her words, Lord. Um, I just thank you, Jesus, for your daughter's just open heart and her love and her caringness and just the words that you placed on her heart today to share, God, that it came from the places you've led her, Lord, that only you can take her. And we're so grateful to experience her and the fullness of God in her, God. And we just, yeah, we love you, Lord. And I just pray blessings over her. I pray for more opportunities to share her stories on all, every color platform, white, black, Asian, all of them. Um, yeah, I just pray that you spread her influence um, even more than you already have, God. Just increase of what you're already doing in her life, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. You guys who are sticking to the end, you are my ride or dies for real. I know these are long. You guys are amazing. I love you all. And I just encourage you to reach out to a woman of color, a sister in Christ today, and just speak life over them. Speak their true identity that they are made in the image of God, that they are beautifully and wonderfully made, that they have the mind of Christ. You know, I just want you to speak life over your sisters and life over yourself today. Um, yeah, so do that. Share this episode and let them know that they are chosen by God and they have a purpose and plan for their life, no matter their ethnicity, their skin color, what they look like, their abilities, like God can work miracles through those who are willing. And it says in the word that those who do his will are his brothers and his sisters. So amen that we get to be in a family with God and have Jesus living inside of us and you get to carry that everywhere we go. I pray that you are blessed by this episode. Thank you so much. I will see you next time. Have a great day.